Hello. Welcome to Piloting Airleaf. I'm Stephanie, and this is my husband, Kyle. Hello. This podcast is our digital diary as we upend our life, restore our sense of adventure, and move across the country onto a sailboat with our two cats and our dog, Pilot. This is Piloting Airleaf. So, so the first morning, the first morning after we got there, we were awoken by somebody yelling through a megaphone. Yes. <laughs> right outside, since we're on the end dock, uh, and the waterway is very calm, so there were a bunch of crew boats. Yeah, so I guess there's a a dock for the college, mm. and they do their crew training and stuff for their rowing team. Yeah, right outside our boat in the morning and they start at about 6 30 or 7 a.m and do. they yell through a megaphone for about an hour <laughs> we do. learned Some every morning <laughs> enthusiastic about it but it takes me back because i miss rowing yeah yeah you used to row a lot with her hydro and yeah i miss that machine it's yeah. really good but yeah so that was interesting to wake up to that pilot didn't like it he would huff at them yeah but they don't know if people are sleeping on the boat, so I don't really hold it against them. No. But we had to move the boat anyway, because we were in a spot where a fishing boat coming from, like, Coos Bay was supposed to come. So we had to move the boat just forward onto to the, the, next, to the uh, next dock. Yeah. And so we decided that I would untie the lines and just walk and then catch the lines and tie up. And we've never really moved much since when we get to marinas usually we kind of stay where they put us occasionally at elliott bay the first marina we had to move slips remember just across the fairway but i think that was the last time we really had to move after we had been tied up somewhere yeah but i went and spoke to the marina office and yeah they told me that there was a boat coming in there and that they accidentally put us in the end of the wrong dock because they told me f dock at the end and then they were like no, you can't go there, actually. So I untied, I untied the bow and I ran around, but you were kind of, you pulled off slowly to get me, give me time, I guess. Yeah, I I just wanted to make sure you would make it there before I It was left. a fun little exercise. Yeah, it's interesting. Is it weird seeing the boat pull away with you not on it? You know what? I didn't watch it. I oh, watched really? it came, come in, though. Yeah. And that was kind of weird. Yeah, so we had to go, we went bow to, or no, we went stern to bow with uh, a giant, giant tug. Yeah, it was like There was a fishing, fishing boat, it's called Pacific Bully. Yeah, there was a big boat. It was a big, wide boat. Yeah. It was cool. But it was, it was fine, you docked perfectly, um, but I stayed off the boat because it's really high jump. And I can't quite climb up into the boat without the stool. <laughs> yeah, it's the docks were really low, like right at the waterline pretty much. So It was fine. <clears throat> Pilot freaked out, I think, a little bit. Yeah, the, the one thing I was definitely nervous about was on the chart plotter, it showed that area as about nine feet mm-hmm. at low tide, whereas the dock we were at previously was 11 feet. And I noticed... Just my depth sounder versus the chart plotter. It's been about two feet off already. Shallower. Mm. So that means it hasn't been dredged in a while. And so 
Yeah, I was worried because at low, low tide at the other dock, we hit eight feet, which is very close to seven foot eight. Yeah. Uh, too close for me. But at this new dock, it was two feet shallower. So our draft is 7.8. Is that from the water line down or is that just our keel? That's from the water line. Our okay. keel is probably only about six feet-ish. Okay. But you've seen me stand next to her. I have to duck to stand under the boat mm-hmm. at the keel. So it's it's about six feet, okay. you know, right around there. But from the water line up and then our, our depth sounder mm-hmm. instrument is about, I would say, probably eight inches below the water line. So even below that. So where it's reading the depth, you can add about a foot to that, and you have that much more clearance, which we got to do some testing, Yeah. <laughs> unfortunately, because that slip was too shallow for us. There was a negative tide for two nights, and both of those nights we were on the ground. We were, yeah. In very, very soft mud, yeah. but just, like, I could move the boat ever so slightly, but it was definitely... We were definitely on the ground. Yeah. We were definitely on the bottom. We weren't tilted, though. No, no, no. Which was, but it was nerve-wracking. But the boat f- feels different. Like, it, you don't feel... Buoyant? Yeah. 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 <laughs> it just, it feels odd after not having that feeling on our boat ever. Mm. <laughs> it was very odd yeah, how perfectly still, solid. still we were. But, yeah, that only lasted for about an hour for two nights where we were definitely touching. what was the worst that could have happened? I mean, the worst is you could put too much strain on the keel bolts. You know, they're just bolted up through. You can weaken the seals Mm -hmm. in there. You can, I mean, worst, worst case is that area gets... The fiberglass gets soggy or worn or rotten, mm-hmm. and the keel just pushes right up through your floor, and then you got oh. a hole in your boat. See but it. that's very like that would be almost impossible on our boat. But so I was imagining us being stuck in the mud and the water like rising around us, and we're just stuck. <laughs> no, that's what I imagined happening. We have so much displacement that I don't think there's any no. amount of mud that could hold us down while the water level ri- rose I... because it's. I we have such think. a high displacement, it's, it's gonna, we're gonna pop back up. <laughs> I still think that even if this boat was filled with water, it would still float yeah. based on its displacement and size. It would, yeah. But, so that was a fun experiment. You were really I was tracking nervous. it pretty much by the minute, and we had the chair plotter mirrored to the iPad down mm-hmm. below, so I could just that's keep really an eye cool. and at one point it said that we were in seven feet or six foot eight i think and mm. i was like well we're we're definitely on the bottom now but it's it's soft it's soft yeah silty it was mud. soft everything was fine i checked the keel bolts i checked the bilge we didn't get any water intrusion we didn't get any issues it's just worrisome i just don't like i like the boat being in triple digit depth <laughs> over 100 yeah feet. you freak out when it's like below like 50 feet yeah i just i i like the boat deep we survived we did everything's okay yeah so we were gonna be here at woodley island for a while so we decided to go to the sequoia zoo yeah um, we wanted to rent a car or maybe go to the redwood forest but 
there wasn't any like rental places nearby that actually had vehicles. Yeah. So we just Ubered and that was fantastic. It's a small little zoo, but they have red pandas. Two of them. Two red pandas. In one enclosure. Like that was really cool. I don't think we had seen that yet. I was so excited. They've I mean, always they're just rare had one at, at zoos. zoos. Yeah. yeah. And they're just so, they're my favorite. They're really cool. So in 2016, I had gone with the Red Panda Network to Nepal for an eco trip to see Red Panda in the wild. And it was like our last day, the last hour that we could be out hiking with like Sherpas in the The Himalayas. Yeah. And we saw a Red Panda. They found one for us to see. And it was really cool seeing them in the wild. But not as up close as at the zoo. Yeah, that's it was it was a really cool zoo. And they were as far as red pandas go that we've seen in zoos, they were very active too. Yeah. They said that they the red pandas really like the cold weather and it was starting to get cold that afternoon because the sun had been out, but it was it was getting kind of chilly actually yeah. for California, I felt. But or for that part of California. But uh yeah, they were really active and like walking around and uh, we got to see them get fed, mm-hmm. which was really cool. They were so cute. I don't remember their name. Sumo. That's one. And Nika? Something like that. Nika and Sumo. I want to say and kimchi, was, but I don't think so. No, it was uh, a father-daughter, right? I don't remember. I think that's what he said. I was taking a lot of pictures. I might not have been yeah. listening. But it was really cool. And then they had like a little farmyard area with like goats and raccoons and those were cute and then right next to that was a walkway through some of the resident redwoods in that area yeah that area is called the valley of giants which is really cool it was amazing it was so cool we did the walkway like a bunch we spent like an hour up there probably total because we kept like leaving and going back and there's like suspension bridges and like boardwalks and it was it was really neat really high up trees were massive like i think we saw a lot bigger ones in Muir woods mm, but they were huge still they were like 300 feet no not those ones that's like how tall redwoods get i think the ones in the valley of giants were like 180 to 20 i think somewhere mm. in that range it was really cool it though. was awesome so cool and then they're building like a uh a barren wolf enclosure coyote coyote bear and coyote i think yeah Yeah. and that looks like it's gonna be really cool yeah that looks really we won't stay here long enough to see it but it was really cool and then we left the zoo and did a walkway below the walkway of the redwoods that we did yeah outside of the zoo yeah yeah there's like a public park with a really cool walkway down on the ground through the redwoods yeah and so we went and did that and there's like a duck pond and stuff down there with a lot of cool ducks and um just families stuff yeah so it was a really cute little public park and then we went back to the zoo and stayed until they closed i love a zoo yeah and that one that one was a good one but yeah we're kind of stuck here for a few days Oh, and on the way back from the zoo, uh, we stopped at the Marine Supply Store. Oh, yeah. Um, And I did pick up a handheld VHF. Yeah, temporary one. Which they just don't, they didn't have any in stock that were for the range we needed. And um, I saw that 
the next stop we were most likely going to be making was going to be uh, like down the coast a little bit and I knew that they had a West Marine somewhere in mm-hmm. the San Francisco area there yeah. was going to be a place where we could get the model that we're looking for to replace the one that we that we broke so um, we the one that I broke <laughs> so we you didn't break it you tried to improve upon it by doing an update and broke it and it and broke <sighs> boat problems yeah so it's a really cool spot there's like a a pretty good restaurant right here on the island and then uh like there's cool views and stuff Mm -hmm. like there's a a walk you can kind of do out to the end they've got a giant statue like with a fisherman Mm -hmm. which is really cool so we walk down there and um you get just a really pretty view of this almost perpetually foggy river yeah (laughs) like it is i think of all the days We've been here, mm-hmm. which is like four or five now. Mm-hmm. It's been foggy, all of them but one. And it was the day we went to the zoo. It was the only day that wasn't foggy and overcast yeah. and like... Yucky. Yucky. Um, well, we were going to try to leave Sunday, but our engine battery died? Yeah, so I think I, I figured out what happened. So there's a fuse mm-hmm. under our starboard side... Uh, rear bunk for the battery charger for the battery charger so i think what happened was we went and got fuel on saturday mm-hmm. because the fuel dock was going to be closed sunday and we wanted to leave monday morning and they weren't going to open until after we wanted to leave then we decided to leave sunday instead so we got the boat all prepped all ready to go i went and turned the engine battery back on and pushed the power button nothing. and nothing happened didn't turn over, didn't click, nothing. So I went and checked all the breakers all the way down, checked the lines, and our line leading to the engine had no power. So we hooked back up to shore, or no, we I investigated a little bit mm-hmm. and used my power, you know, reader. reader, voltage meter, and traced everything and found that it was somewhere along the battery charger. Mm-hmm. It's not working with the engine yeah and that's a big problem so but luckily (laughs) we uh had run into other uh cruisers that just got here i think yeah or were no no they were here and then they they had to leave for an event or a wedding yeah and they came back and um one of them was an electrician (laughs) so he came by with his voltage meter and kind of like checked everything um couldn't find anything wrong so i guess you guys just like touching things and messing with it must have fixed that fuse and had it the contacts actually like touch properly yeah, i think that's what it was i think one and then of the it was fine wasn't seated properly and i but so that's the weird thing we might never know what actually fixed it because we didn't really do anything and when I turned the battery charger back on after he came, it worked fine. Mm. But when he wasn't there, I couldn't get the battery charger to turn on yeah. at all. So we lost our, our window to leave. Yeah, so we ended up, yeah, we were supposed to leave around Which, noon? Yeah, yeah. Or we wanted to leave by 2. Yeah. So that we that. could just sail the rest of the day overnight and then get there where we were going next. That but, whole messing with the engine, that took quite a while. So we missed our our window 
for that day, which was fine because Sarah Bareilles yeah. was doing a free concert in Eureka because I guess she's from here, yeah. which is right across from our boat, basically. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. We Not because the boat in front of us or behind us, Pacific Bully is so big, we couldn't yeah. see it. Couldn't but... quite see it, but we could see like the people queuing yeah. and, and waiting to go into like the little amphitheater thing. Yeah. So we saw that all day. They were doing, um, like, sound, sound tests all day. And I don't know if they had, like, local people singing, but there was some. Yeah, people were singing songs yeah. throughout the day. It would be, like, one or two songs, and then it would be, like, an hour of quiet. Yeah. And then, like, one or two songs, and then an hour. Yeah. And then I think she started singing at, like, six. six yeah. And then went to, like, eight. Like, she sang for two hours, I think. That was really cool. Yeah. So we got, it like, a free concert. Well, it was free, but we got it free from, from our boat, from which our was boat, really yeah. cool. It was neat. So, yeah, we just ordered pizza and watched the the concert and decided to leave Monday. Early. Early, yeah. Very early. <sighs> and... And hope the battery works. I'm sure it'll be fine. We are... What we're most nervous about probably next is Cape Mendocino. Because yeah. that's right out. Once you leave Woodley Island and go out the bar from Eureka, you're pretty much at Cape Mendocino. Yeah. So uh, tomorrow morning, it looks like it's going to be pretty uneventful. Yeah. So we're going to take that window motor for the first bit. And then hopefully the window fill in mm-hmm. and it'll push us right down to San Francisco. San Francisco Bay. Yeah. yeah. Almost there. This yeah. is kind of like... Halfway. Halfway. <laughs> oh, God. It's been over a month since we started. Yeah. Well, well that's not really... No, but... Plan stops, or we weren't intending to stay as long as we did kind yeah. of things, and the weather windows do seem to be getting smaller, mm-hmm. and the seas do seem to be getting bigger yeah. um, the longer we wait, or the longer this takes, so... Yeah. We've had to watch many a window go by, unfortunately, as we were waiting for parts or waiting for fixes or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. And we're trying to be a little safer Cautious, now. Because yeah. our, our last jump from, like, Crescent City was, it was rough. not the safest. But no. we and were... Yeah, it was not a safe We were jump. really struggling. You know, we're missing Toby a lot. And it's, it's hard to keep focus you know, when you're grieving. Yeah. And we we noticed that we mess up more on the boat and it's, you know, a higher risk on the boat versus, you know, on land in our apartment. So. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to definitely try to be a little more safe. Yeah. And just, I guess, lean into taking it slow. Yeah, that might be the, the only way to travel now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but we're still seeing other cruisers still heading south, so we've seen a couple. Yeah. So we're but, not the only ones this late. <laughs> no, and I think once we get to San Francisco, I I think it might be sailing all year down there. Yeah. I, so I think, be. you know, it's just our, on our own timeline once we get down there. Yeah. But, yeah, just taking it slow. Yeah. I want to be going fast. We don't go very fast, we don't go no. Very fast, no. But maybe 
We will next time. <laughs> Maybe next time the weather will be perfect and we'll get to sail and our main sail will get unjammed and full sails and we'll full steam ahead. Hopefully. Into the night. Good night. Good night. This has been another episode of Piloting Aerially. If you'd like to learn more about me or Kyle or our animals, check us out at pilotingairrelief.com. You can also send us some support on patreon.com slash pilotingairrelief. Thank you. See you next time.